I appreciate that. Don't you appreciate that song? You know, there's some um, songs that just the, the first parts will, will get me. You know, just a phrase will, will catch me. And uh, that, that's one of those songs, as it just begins, all the poor and powerless. I, I, I kind of feel like that myself. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful that we have a God who sees us in our weaknesses and our need, and he has compassion on us. Aren't you? <laughs> We serve a compassionate Heavenly Father who comes to us at our point of need. And, and so this morning we're, we're having Compassion Sunday. We're going to talk about uh, compassion and how we can show compassion. We're, we're going to, Kevin's going to share with us about the, some of the pitfalls and some of the joys of uh, adoption here in a little bit. We're excited about that. Uh, but I want to talk to you just a little bit about compassion before we do. Uh, I looked up a definition for compassion because we want to know what the word means, right? And uh, a compassion, or compassion is a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who's stricken by misfortune. Accompanied, <laughs> uh, this isn't pity, okay? Pity's just feeling bad for somebody. This is compassion. Accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate the suffering. In other words, people who are compassionate not only see the problem, but they do something to alleviate the problem. It moves them to action. Now, now I truly believe followers of Jesus should be compassionate. Is that, is that true this morning? If you're a follower of Jesus, you should have compassion. You should be a compassionate person. And, and, and we can't judge everybody by what you see on social media and things like that. But I got to tell you, I have been disheartened <laughs> over the last few years, few months of how uh, Christian people cannot show compassion to other people. Jesus was compassionate, and he expects his followers to be compassionate. You, you see it all over the Old Testament, and I'm not going to read a lot of verses, but I'm going to read a few verses. Um, Micah 6a says, he has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. In other words, kindness is what God expects from us. I, I love this, this verse from the message translation. It says, but he, he's already made it plain how to live, what to do, what God is looking for in men and women. It's quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourself too seriously take God seriously. <laughs> uh, I, I, love, I love the message translation. I love that translation of that version. Be, be compassionate towards other people. Don't take yourself too seriously. Uh, let, let, let's, let's look at each other and laugh right now, okay? We, we don't have to take each other so seriously. Uh, but we do need to take God seriously. You know, compassion was the example of Jesus uh, in Matthew 9, 36, it says, seeing the people, Jesus seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Folks, if you don't look around at our world today and have compassion for people, you're not looking too close. People are distressed and dispirited, and, and they need somebody to come by their side. Now, this word compassion in this passage is, is this word that kind of reflects that your guts are turning out. You guys ever have that happen to you, where, where you're, you're so upset about something, it feels like you're just turning on the inside? 
And it was a compassion that moved Jesus to action. And actually, right after that, he asked the disciples to be moved to action. So, so compassion is all over the Bible. And when the prodigal son comes home, guess how the father greets him? With compassion. When, when the good Samaritan sees the beaten man on the road, guess what moves him to action? Compassion. And I believe in the church, we need a fresh dose of compassion. We need to be compassionate because I believe compassion moves us to action. See, compassion responds to the needs of others, uh, particularly the powerless, those on the margins, those that other people have forgotten, the, the vulnerable, those that don't have anybody that's advocating for them Compassion moves us to respond on their behalf. Now, James says it like this, and this is another. Micah's probably, how many's got like 3,000 favorite verses, you know? But Micah's one of those verses. I love Micah, uh, 6a, you know, do, do justice, act kindly, be humble, walk, walk with God. And, and then I love James 127, James says, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this. In other words, here's what God wants you to do. Here's how you need to live. Visit orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself unstained by the world. What's James saying? There's people out there that have no advocate, that are powerless, that are vulnerable. And as the people of God, you are compassionate and you move compassionately towards those folks. So we're called to be compassionate. And Compassion Sunday shouldn't just be uh, something that w- that's part of our calendar and we're compassionate one week and, and then we move on. But compassion should be a mark of a follower of Jesus Christ, right? And, and I hope compassion is a mark of our church. Now, we're in between series. We just finished Life Together. And, and, and really, the, the theme of Life Together, what would if I were to, to define one theme, it would be, do you have room for one more? In other words, can, can you be compassionate towards somebody that needs a place, that needs a friend, that needs to belong? And, and we, we, we talked about many ways you can practice compassion in, in the Life Together series. And, and the next series is Jesus Here. And we'll beginning that, be beginning that next week. It's, it's really our Advent series, and it's going to run from November 13th through uh, December 18th. And on Christmas Eve and Christmas, we're going to have some special services. Uh, like the Life Together series, there'll, there'll be a, a supplement, a, um, a um, written supplement, except this is more substantial. It'll be free on Amazon for you, but I don't, it, it's, it's going to be so large that I don't think we can make it completely free. Um, it's going to be about 150 pages, so it's more of a book. And so if you'd like that, we'll have those available uh, by the second week of the series. But I'd encourage you, if, if you have a computer, <laughs> you, you can read this free on an Amazon platform, a Kindle platform, and it won't cost you anything. And so it'll be available to you like that uh, beginning the end of the week. And so I'm excited about this series. I'm excited about Jesus here. And in many ways, this seems to be a good 
center place, a, a good turning point in our discussion. We've been talking about life together, and you have uh, room for one more friend. And now we're going to begin talking about Jesus here, what it means to say that, that Jesus is here. When, when we say Emmanuel, God with us, what does that mean? And the significance of the Christ event, the significance of the Christ event, it, it was not a point in history, it was a change in history. And so today we worship in this place in the full presence of the Holy Spirit because of what Jesus did because of Christmas. Pretty good, right? <laughs> That's exciting. But not only that, we have the opportunity, we have the obligation to be Jesus here. That, that God wants to fill us with his spirit and he wants to use us as his hands and feet. And we will never be Jesus here unless we have a spirit of compassion. Now, I believe in this church that we have a church that's full of compassionate people. And, and you know, as I, as I look around here and I consider all the folks and all the things they do, and, you know, I, I see Steve sitting there, and, and I know all that Steve does that everyone maybe doesn't know that Steve does in, in our prison system with, with prisoners and, and Steve's compassion for those kind of folks. I see Mike there. I, I see Terry Moore, who is our, our own version of Uber, and, uh, you know, all the people who show so much compassion. I, I you know, it just... It, it, it really, I couldn't even begin to mention all the things that people do. I see Gene McBride there, and Gene's trying to get under his chair because he doesn't want anybody to notice him. Uh, but, but we know all the things that Gene and Carol do, and, and we know all the things that are being done in this church. This is a compassionate church, and I'm proud to be your pastor. Can, can I be proud? I, I, I am humbly proud. <laughs> I don't think it, that's possible. I'm glad I'm your pastor. And I'm glad that Marysville Church of the Nazarene is present in this community, not because of what we do on Sunday mornings, but because of what we do throughout the week. And so I want to share, I've got a video. Uh, many of you know that, that Gene, Gene, how many years have you been doing the buses, the vans? How many years have you been doing it? Just give me a number, make it up, bud. 20? 40 years. 40 years, Gene McBride has been um, operating vans and buses, bringing kids and teens and adults to church. And he, he's not an upfront person. He doesn't want to be recognized for this kind of stuff. And I appreciate that and, and honor that, other than we've got to watch Gene because he's given us a pretty good example. And, and one of the guys that works with Gene is Bob Brake. And Bob's been working with Gene for a, a couple of years now. And we've got a video, and Bob's going to talk a little bit about the, um, uh, Gene and his ministry to kids do something I'm not comfortable doing. I'm allowed to say that. Yes. Um, the reason I got involved with this was, you know, it's kind of been a prayerful situation and uh, um, kind of it's my niche to be able to deal with children and young adults. Uh, it's something that God's kind of developed uh, in me over the few uh, last few years and it's a uh, something that I feel that would be an important thing to do for the church. Um, to me, it's a, a, on a small scale, and it's manageable for me. And it's something I really enjoy doing, along with Gene, which um, he's kind of been an inspiration over the years. I've known him many, many years. I grew up down the street from him. I remember him driving the bus 
and uh, see what a fantastic job he's done with the kids. So uh, it's kind of encouraged me to kind of follow along in his footsteps, and to which I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, I'd like to share a Bible verse here to begin with, um, kind of like this is a, a verse I like to pattern my life after, and it's from 1 Corinthians 9.22, and it says, uh, To the weak I become weak, I have become all things to all men, that I may by all means save some. So um, to me that means becoming interwoven into people's lives, um, not just casually meeting them and saying hi, but you kind of work into the fabric of their lives. Um, with these children, it's, it's a fun thing to do. Um, they're really a great bunch of kids. And uh, really appreciate everyone taking the time when they come in to welcome them and uh, make them feel comfortable here. And they speak highly of this church. And it, I mean, it's important to them. And you know that because they get up at 7 o'clock in the morning to come to church. I mean, not a lot of kids are going to do that coming from, you know, the types of families and stuff that, you know, any more kids are not motivated to do a lot of things. And it's good to see them decide to get up and come to church. So that kind of keeps us going and be excited about that. And uh, like I said, you know, it's important that once they come in, you know, we appreciate everyone greeting them. And sometime if you feel like sitting back with us just to hang out with us, we'd appreciate that. Or, you know, maybe asking to sit with you or something, you know, it's 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 fun to, you know, kind of share the fun with them. Um, another thing that's important that um, not only do we get a chance to minister to the, the kids and share you know, Jesus with them and, you know, just share our love. But it's it's a two-way street. They give back a lot. And uh, that's really fulfilling that, you know, they can talk to us and trust us enough to share things with us, you know, about their lives and stuff. So it's very fulfilling. And, you know, I'm very glad to be a part of that ministry. Yeah, give him a hand. Give Gene and Bob a hand. We appreciate all they do. Kevin, you can go ahead and start making your way up, if you will. Um, you know, we'd like you to be involved in in our our ministry that Bob and and uh, Gene are are leading. If nothing else, prayer is appreciated and, and just love. I know we um we we pack lunches. We do different things to support that ministry. And so, if, if you have interest in that, um, Gene, Gene loves to share person to person. He's just not an upfront guy. He doesn't like to come up and talk in front of people. But I'm sure Gene and Bob would would love to just kind of talk to you and let you know exactly how uh, they're they're serving in in this significant uh, role that they have. Uh, Kevin, how you doing, bud? Good. Kevin got here at 8.30 because he has more kids to get here than me, and he had me really worried since my whole sermon's relying on Kevin. Uh, thank you. Uh, for. <laughs> Is your mic on? Is he on? Testing? Yep. Go. All right. We're well, good. why don't you introduce yourself, and we have a, a picture, I think, of the family. There so, you go. And Introduce yourself and tell a little bit, because we assume that everybody knows uh, Kevin and Polly's story, but, but I'm assuming that there's probably some that don't. So just in a kind of brief way, kind yeah. of talk about you and your family. So most of you know me. I'm Kevin Green, and my wife is Polly, and we have 32 children. Um, we had two biological children and 30 adopted, and we adopted them through international adoption. We do have one domestic adoption, which was Caden. And um, many, many stories behind uh, 
each one of the adoptions, but uh, that we don't have enough time to go through all that. But um, I'm going to share a few of the little instances we've had or some of the um, some of the moments that we've had, God moments through this whole process. And so we'll go through some questions that the pastor put together. And I'll Thanks, answer. Kevin. I appreciate that. What, why, why do you guys do this? What, what, what has led you... Uh, to be involved in, in adoption? What, okay. what did you guys start? What led us um, to start with, it, we didn't look at it as a ministry at all. Um, I, I mean, I'm going to be very honest, and I think Bob kind of referenced it. God develops you. And like we talked about, um, when we first adopted our first child, Kyra, it was, um, I'll say it's just to add a child to our family. It was kind of selfish reasons. We wanted a daughter. We had had two very difficult uh, natural childbirths. It was recommended that we not have another one. Um, so then we looked at adoption. Um, there were two families in our school district that had adopted from Korea. And we thought, okay, maybe that's a possibility. But first, we looked at domestic adoption. And that God closed the doors on that. And so then at that point, we looked at international. It worked out. We got Kyra. And uh, that's how it all started. What I, what I, when I reference maturing in your walk, God started to work on us with our second adoption, which was Berea. Um, obviously, Kyra needed a sister, so we looked at adopting another child. And Polly and I talk about the fact that we were um, going through a checklist during our home study of what could you accept from a um, handicap situation or physical or emotional you know, issues that a child might have. And as we were going through that checklist, I think that's where God started really working on us. Because we were like, yeah, we could accept this um, issue. We could accept this. We could accept it. And this isn't a big issue, you know. Maybe it might involve surgery or counseling or something. And that was where God started really opening the door uh, as to developing us and maybe putting us on that road as uh, this is our ministry. Now, the conversation between you and Polly, how, how did that, did, did this, did you guys talk about this together? Did, did it come to you? Did it come to her? Did, how, how did you? I, I, I say it usually comes to Polly. Um, <laughs> Polly, Polly has an amazing, I think, gift. And she, she has had many visions, many dreams. And um, I always, I've always told her that whenever she prays for something, I'm kind of a little nervous because <laughs> of the things that you know, happen. And it's things that she has prayed for. And I'm just like, because she, when she prays, she prays very specifically. And God has answered prayer like you wouldn't believe. And it kind of makes me nervous every once in a while. But I, I know that she is the one who really um, feels led. And then at that point, uh, I begin to pray about it as, she talk, as we talk together. And God just opens doors. Now, at one point, I think I've, I've heard you say that uh, there's teachers and there's preachers, but, but you all feel like you have the gift to be a parent. What, what right. do you mean by that? What do I mean by that is I think God calls each of us to use our talents and our spiritual gifts. And as an example, I've had people say to me, 
we can never, I can never do that. And I said, no, you probably can't. Because God is calling you maybe to something different. Um, I look at, we've been asked a lot of times, do you foster? And I'm like, no, we do not do foster care. I don't think I can handle foster care. But there are others who do that, and that they utilize their talents. Um, you know, I look at I look at what Gene does with the with this ministry, the bus ministry. I don't think I can do that. You know, so each of us has our talents, and are we utilizing our talents the way God has given them to us, and are we using them to build His kingdom? Let's talk about what what's some of the difficulties that you've seen in the adoption process. The adoption process has a. <laughs> It, you can have all kinds of difficulties from the very get-go, from the paperwork, the processing, uh, the delays that can happen. And then um, the, other, the other issue that we see a lot is when you talk about adoption, you've got children that are coming with you know, baggage, uh, potential baggage, I should say. They've got issues. They've got issues that they've seen, uh, they've, they've lived through, they've had to deal with. And, you know, as they've grown up outside of your home, and then you take them into your home, and then at that point you have to work with them to get through those issues. And so when you talk about difficulties, you know, a lot of people go into it thinking it's uh, unicorns and rainbows, and uh, it's it, a lot of times it doesn't end up that way because you got a lot of things that you may be dealing with. Uh, cost. There's always a cost. Oh, there's always cost. <laughs> okay. There's always cost. Whether it's whether it's a private uh, domestic adoption or an international adoption, you've got cost of, you know, doing the home study, application fees, home studies, uh, social agencies fees, and then if you're dealing international, you've got con uh, country fees that you're dealing with. So there's all kinds of cost. And they can range from, you know, a small amount of thousands to many thousands. But the way that I tell people, too, is that if truly this is what you're called to do, God provides a way. You know, I, I look at all the adoptions we've, we've done. We've never went without. We've never had problems. God has always provided the funds that have been necessary to complete that adoption. And those funds can come from anywhere. Uh, it's just amazing when you're praying for something and all of a sudden, you know, you get a check in the mail or, or you know, somebody calls and says, hey, I'm, I feel compelled to give you this. It, it's just amazing. So, Now, timing. Typical timelines on this. <laughs> oh, my. Um, actually, surprisingly, the longest adoption we ever had was the first one. Um, Kyra's took a couple years. Um, the shortest one was probably uh, two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I went to Liberia to adopt Tucker and Braylon. And I came back with Kinley also. So it was just one of those things where, and it was funny because. You probably can't send him to the store either, can you? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it, was, it was funny because it was, I was at Mount Vernon. I still remember to this day, Polly sends me a text with a picture and says, hey, um, here's, our, here's our daughter. And I'm like, okay, there was no daughter in the plans. Um, 
So then within a couple weeks, she, you know, Polly's amazing. She had all the paper. We had already been approved for three children, but not specifically uh, this little girl. And within a couple weeks, guess what? We're, I'm coming home with three kids instead of two. And uh, it's just, that's God at work. Yeah. You know, I, 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 we've been through enough to see God's hand in so many different things. And if you don't mind, I'd like to share an example of that. I think that might have been one of the questions. Sure. But, okay. Um, you talk about, uh, I want to give you two examples of God's work in our lives. Uh, the first one was when we adopted an older child. It was the first time we'd ever adopted an older child. And we had Dustin and we had Gaston. And so, you know, here's a third child coming from the Philippines. Uh, we were like... Okay, the first time, older child. Polly was concerned about his name, of all things. You know, how do you deal with, do you change the name? Do you keep the name? What do you do with the name? And we got the paperwork. Everything was done. And his name was R-E-Y, and like his middle name was I-E-N or something like that. But when I got to the Philippines, I realized they pronounced it Ryan. And God answers the small prayers. Okay? Now, moving, moving a different direction, we were adopting Briley from Cambodia, and uh, the paperwork wasn't getting done. It wasn't getting accomplished. So they'd asked us to come to Cambodia to try to walk the paperwork through the government there. Now, keep in mind, to give you a little bit of background, the government in Cambodia is about like the government buildings in Marysville. It's, there's just small, compacted, you know, very small buildings. We were trying to adopt Riley. We went, and for two weeks, we were trying to push paperwork through. It didn't happen. Um, so another family and I made the decision to take our children back to the orphanage. So we took, you know, probably one of the toughest days I've ever had in my life, taking Briley back to the orphanage and saying, you know, we can't do this anymore. So we left. Another family and I left. Within a week, we got information that the paperwork was done. Come get your daughter. Okay. I flew in on Monday morning, flew out Monday evening. It was that quick. Um, yeah, you're talking about a long trip. But, uh, but we also got word behind the scenes that we didn't know that all of a sudden the floodgates opened for the paperwork to get completed. And what we found out was the government of Cambodia did not want to be embarrassed that they were holding up all this paperwork and be embarrassed that the United States may cause an issue with Cambodia. So then at that point, the floodgates opened. All these kids came home very quickly. And, you know, it was one of those things where we were being obedient to God, not realizing behind the scenes the bigger picture that was being put together with what he was doing to us. Even though it was a hardship for us, the floodgates opened. And God, being obedient... God just used us in a way that was absolutely amazing. Thank you, Kevin. The amazing stories. We go on and on. Oh, we, with could, the amazing we could go on stories. all day. <laughs> I, I told him I'm going to write a book. I'm going to call it Turning Green. And, uh, 
and uh, just talking about all the different. Every kid's story is unique and powerful. I, right. I mean, t- tell about the the um, the kidney transplant. Where? Oh, uh, the kidney transplant was an amazing um, event, and that was truly a God moment. So, uh, Cam- Cambry, uh, as we adopted her when she was young. She was uh, a couple years old. And um, she had, I think it was referred to as diplastic kidney, uh, which was basically kidney failure. Um, when she got to the point, she got to the point where she was going to have, have a kidney transplant. So all of us, um, all of the, the adults kind of in the family basically went through testing to find out if we could be a um, kidney donor. And if none of us could be a kidney donor. And then at that point, our son Ryan, who was from the Philippines, now keep in mind, Cambry's from Cambodia, or not Cambodia, I'm sorry, Korea. And Ryan is from the Philippines. He went to be tested because he really felt compelled to do this. When they went through the match process, they found out he was an absolutely perfect match. So then at that point, you think about God taking you know, a child from another country, putting him in our family, and then at that point, he's a perfect match and he's willing to go through this process. So he donated a kidney to Cambry, and uh, to this day, she's healthy and, and he's doing great. So God works. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Cambry's the one that... That you didn't, you had to leave, right? No, no, that was Briley. Briley, okay, Briley, okay. Briley was one I had to leave behind. Every once in a while, these kids mixed up. And, uh, <laughs> anything uh, before we, we stop this part, if you could say the primary advice you'd give to somebody that was considering adoption, it would be? The primary advice is truly follow God's will. Yeah. Um, we have talked to numerous families. Uh, we just recently talked to a family that very nervous about the process, very nervous about the cost, everything in general. And we said, if you feel that this is what God's calling you to do, take that step of faith. And, and it can be an adoption, it could be foster care, it could be anything that was, when he was referring to compassion. You know, um, I want to reference Tom Davis's book, The Fields of the Fatherless. There are over 60 references in the Bible regarding our responsibility as a church to care for the orphan, the widow, and the stranger. And in today's society, you know, the stranger can be the bus ministry, it can be the prison ministry, it can be all kinds of ministries. It's our responsibility. And I say, you know, it it may take you out of your comfort zone, but if God's calling you to do it, he'll find a way as long as you're willing to take that step of faith. Thank you, Kevin. Let's give him a hand this morning. We we definitely love the greens. I think Spencer wants to be a green. Uh, He... They're much neater than our family is. And uh, so how, how can you be involved? How can you demonstrate compassion? 
and uh, and and Kevin gave you some great advice there at the end. I, I've got some other things just to, to keep in mind. Upward basketball is starting, and a lot of those kids in upward basketball, many of those come from families where they're supported and they're loved, but not all of them. And so th- this is just an easy, quick way that you can be involved, and you can show compassion, love, kindness, even if it's just greeting, even if it's just um, helping kids get from point A to point B. Upward minister or upward basketball starts here pretty quick. Angel tree. Uh, beginning, is it next week we'll have the, the, the cards out? The 27th. We'll have um, gifts that you can get for Angel Tree Ministry. If you don't know what Angel Tree is, this is where we buy presents for kids whose parents are in prison. And so uh, this is just, I, I mean, this is this is straight out from the, of the Bible where Jesus says, as you did to those in prison, you're doing unto me. And so I'd encourage you. Angel Tree will be coming up on December 14th on Wednesday night. We'll have a big wrapping party, and, and maybe you want to be part of that. And so Angel Tree. Uh, Christy and Josh are looking into... A ministry involving foster care mentors. Uh, we, we don't have any firm details on that. They're still in process. They've been meeting uh, with agencies and finding out how we can be involved in that. So maybe maybe you can't adopt, and and and, and maybe you couldn't do foster care. But but what we find is there's a lot of kids that as they get older, uh, they need mentors that can walk beside them as they walk into the process of life. You may not realize this, but but in our country there is a hum, huge homeless issue with kids aging out of foster care. I mean, once foster care no longer cares for them, uh, they're on their own. And so there, there is an influx of homeless kids uh, that are basically kids. And so there is a great need in this community and every community for people to step beside and help in those situations. So you might see, Christy, you might see uh, Josh if you're interested in that. The Hope Center is also doing some sort of mentoring through foster uh, parenting and foster uh, care. Uh, Todd Gates, who's typically in our second service, Big Todd, if, if you don't know who he is. Todd is the... Um uh, the operations manager at uh, Hope Center, and, and Todd would be able to give you more details. If you want to see me, I can try to get more details for you as well. Uh, and then foster care and adoption. Uh, I think, and, and Kevin, I hope you don't care if I say this, I think Kevin's a great resource at least to talk to about some of these issues, particularly the adoption issue, and of course there's foster care issue, um, things as well that you can find resources. And then Gene and Bob. Uh, we, we're, we're emphasizing what we have been doing at this church for 40 years. 40 years. 40 years. That is a generational ministry. There, there's not many ministries in a church that goes from for an entire generation, but this one has. And, and I value that. I value what Bob and Gene do. And we, we, value, uh, we value the commitment of the kids to come out. I mean, my goodness, get up at 7 o'clock. How many of you got up at 7 o'clock? Raise your, well, see, I'll ask the second service. It'll be a better. Uh, but 7 a.m., uh, and they're here. And so not only do we value Bob and Gene, but kids, we want you to know we value you, and we appreciate your efforts, you coming out and being part of our church. We love you guys, and, and we're pulling for you. And then Compassion International. We've got a short video. Um, Compassion International, of course, is a, a way that you can give uh, to support a kid overseas. Go ahead. The back uh, back of the sanctuary, we have um, several uh, cards with kids' names and faces on them. These are real kids. 
Some of these kids have relationship with Jesus. Some of them don't. And what I like about Compassion International is it connects with churches in these local places. And, and many of these kids find relationship with Christ through your generosity. And so I encourage you. I, you know, we're not going to twist anybody's arm to do anything like this. They're back there for you to consider. All these things are just things that you need to consider. I, I, I just want you to imagine, though, what if... <laughs> What, 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 could, what could happen if, if the church, not just this church, but the church universal, would be less concerned with some of the things that divide us and be more concerned with about the compassionate ways we can be involved in the lives of others? I, I think this world can still be changed, uh, and I think that we can make a difference. So Amy and the team's going to come, and we're going to sing a song in closing. This will just be the closing time. Look at the table as you leave and, um, and be considering. Are you ready? Oh, okay, I got to keep talking. Uh, let's see if I, oh, I just heard a good joke and I can't remember it now. Oh, the breakfast, that's right. Thank you. Yeah, there's a breakfast. Okay, I know what the story was. There was these kids and they found a bike and they were fighting over the bike and, and, they were, and the way they were fighting over the bike was they were trying to tell the biggest story, the biggest lie that they could think of and this preacher came by and heard what they were doing and he started really letting them have it and said, you know, listen, you kids, this, you know, lying and all this and I want you to know when I was a kid, all I did was serve God and, and I was so good and I was so perfect and finally the kid just walked away and when I said, I let him have it. He's the biggest liar. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Amy said I broke this spirit. We have a spirit of joy, right? Let's pray. Lord, help us uh, today as we just um, stop and consider how we can be compassionate towards other people. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you had compassion on us. Now, Lord, as we um, listen to this song as our benediction, may we... Um, May we truly allow your Holy Spirit to ignite something fresh and new within us. Be with us as we go to the, to the, to the pancake breakfast, Lord. May we uh, have times of fellowship. May we just truly love one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.